This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. I'm your host Eric Salas and this week we're going to talk all things Week 9, so stay tuned. And welcome back. This is the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. Again, I'm your host Eric Salas and this week we're going to talk Week 9, but first... Since this is a sports podcast, I know I've been talking about football since week one. Um, I just wanted to talk about other sports. I know it's in the title of the podcast, so let's do it. Last I spoke to you guys, um, the Boston Red Sox were not World Series champions yet, but as of now, they are. Uh, congratulations to Boston and you know the World Series victory. Um, as a Yankees fan, that's hard for me to say. Uh, but next year will be our time. I promise you that. So celebrate right now. Uh, we'll be back. Um, yeah, congrats to David Price. He had a pretty good playoff run. Um, going into the World Series, they're definitely a bit the better team going in. Um, they definitely trusted David Price a little more at the moment. They wanted to go with the guys they knew they could get the job done. They could have used Chris Sale if they wanted to in that last game, I believe. But because uh, he's been done, he was uh, he was pretty well rested up to that point. So. You know, they could have easily used him, but it paid off for them. Uh, so that's good. Um, that's a shame for the Dodgers to lose twice in the last couple of years. I know they're well-deserving of it. I know Clayton Kershaw wants that World Series ring so bad. Um, he'll get it one day. He's way too talented. And if he ever leaves the Dodgers, he's better go to a good team. Don't just go for the pay. Um, I know he wants that ring so bad. You could tell when he's up there that he's planning to win as much as possible, just like everyone else. But he's accomplished so much in his career. Hopefully, if he does go to a different team, that he will be all set to win. Anyway, and also before we get into week eight, I wanted to talk about the NFL trade deadline. Um, but first, while I have this brought up here, I wanted to talk about the Amari Cooper trade. He went from the Raiders to the Cowboys um, for a first round pick. And I know what everyone's thinking, that... A first-rounder for Amari Cooper when there's a bunch of other, uh, you know, wide receivers on the market that could have helped them out, maybe cost less. A lot of people at the time thought Demarius Thomas going to the Cowboys wasn't a bad idea, considering they probably only give up a third or fourth-round pick. Fourth at most, I believe, for Demarius Thomas for his age. But they went with Amari Cooper at the time. And I know a lot of people are complaining about this, like I said before. But I believe Amari Cooper is best fit there, and they made the right choice in a sense that, now hear me out, uh, at the time, it was rumored that Amari Cooper was planning on being dealt either the Eagles or the Redskins, and as you know, in the NFC East, those two teams are in the same division as the Cowboys, and the Cowboys were in the market for a wide receiver at the moment as well, and they're very in need of one, especially since Cole Beasley is considered their number one, Alan Hearns has been nothing this whole season and it's been it's just been quiet for that whole receiving core so far so Amari Cooper was definitely something they were looking at and since they were rumored to be dealt to the Eagles in Redskins those guys were offering seconds and thirds um, for Amari Cooper already so in order to seal the deal they didn't want to negotiate they just threw in that first round pick and they got him and listen this guy is talented when he's actually having a good game um, it shows that he could be just right up there with the good guys that are number ones on each and every team. Um, not saying he's on the level of like Adam Thielen right now who's killing it or Antonio Brown. 
but he could be more than serviceable and he could be your number one guy if you need him to. Um, if they didn't get a wide receiver, I'm, I'm assuming they would have tried to have brought Des back. If not, they just would have gotten the guys they had and that what doesn't look too well. And that division is more than up for grabs. Those guys, any one of those guys can definitely win. Um, obviously, except for the Giants at the moment, they don't have much of a chance to make the playoffs. They'd have to win each and every game moving forward to be in an 8-8 eight and eight record. And you'd have to hope everyone else tanks. So it's a dying season for the Giants. But anyway, um, you have the Redskins who are 5-2. and two. They've had a pretty easy schedule uh, for the team that they have. They have a injured backfield, but they have Adrian Peterson there putting up good numbers. He had a good week this week. Um, Alex Smith is a serviceable quarterback, not the best quarterback in the league. Um, but in the John, John Gruden, um, John Gruden, uh, Jay Gruden, uh, you know, playbook, um, he, he fits the scheme a little bit. Uh, everyone else in their offense is a little washy-washy, and that just goes to show you that the rest of the division is kind of in the same um, type of position right now. But that leads me to the next thing. Uh, Golden Tate was dealt to the Eagles, I believe, for a third-round pick, and that's pretty good for the Eagles. Considering they already have a pretty good receiving core right now, um, Alshon Jeffrey is just getting back in the groove. I'm not sure what this means for him, especially for fantasy owners at the moment, but it looks to me, um, if Golden Tate definitely gets comfortable, um, he could be a big red zone threat, And but as of right now, he's very uh, Carson Wentz is very comfortable with uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, um, he throws it to Nelson Aguilar every once in a while, he's not their number one at all, but um, he does contribute to that offense in a pretty good sense, so who knows where this is going for everyone, as, a fan, as an Alshon Jeffrey owner myself. That scares me a little bit. Uh, good thing he isn't one of my starting wide receivers at the moment. But if he keeps up the pace, um, he'll be pretty good. So like I said a second ago, Golden Tate to the Eagles for a 2019 third-round pick. And as I mentioned before, um, Amari Cooper, 2019 first-round pick. Moving on. This is a pretty good ad here, especially for the NFC, NFC East. The NFC East, we're definitely looking for some additions to try to win that division. Again, like I said, it's up for grabs for anyone. So the more additions you can add at the trade deadline, the better. And I believe this is one of the better ones, especially on a defensive side. You got HaHa Clinton Dix from the Packers going to the Redskins for a 2019 fourth-round pick. And I think that is the absolute steal of the century. Not sure what the Packers are thinking at this very moment. I don't think they were planning on paying him. Um, I'm not sure what their plan was going to be with Hoth Clinton Dix. I'm not sure if he's always was going to be on the market, especially in the offseason. I thought he was pretty much secured over there in Green Bay. Uh, but he set it over there for a fourth rounder on an NFC East team that is already in first place. Could use some help on defense. Um, they're, pretty, they're looking pretty good on safeties right now. And then they also have... Uh, Josh Norman over there playing the corner, and uh, their, def- def- their defensive line, surprisingly enough, hasn't been too bad this year. Um, I'm not sure how they're doing against the run, but I know for a fact if they're five and two in that division, um, especially playing some teams outside of that division, their defense can't be all too bad. And uh, the passing game just got a little more dangerous over there. Um, whoever is coming towards the Redskins this upcoming week, but that's a definitely a good addition for the Redskins. Uh, moving on here, staying on the defensive side, you got Dante Fowler from the Jags going to the Rams for a third rounder and a t- uh, 2019 third rounder and a 2020 fifth round pick. Um, if you ask me, um, this is definitely a good trade by the Rams. They're a defensive team that's already loaded as it is. So adding Dante Fowler, who is already on a pretty stacked defense as well, one of the better defenses in the league last year, 
Now going to a much better defense from last year. Jags, I would say, were a better defense last year. But now considering he's on the Rams with all the additions they made in the offseason, especially signing Aaron Donald to that big extension, those guys are absolutely loaded. This is a defense to look out for. They're number one ranked defense, number one ranked offense. Um, so that just goes to show you uh, what type of addition he's being added to. Um, he's got to be excited about that. Um, so keeping up the momentum of the defense that's on the Jags and moving on to the Rams, uh, that's a pretty good look, and that should motivate motivate him to be just as good as he was with the Jaguars. Moving forward, we got uh, the running back position. You got uh, Ty Montgomery going from the Packers as well, um, going to the Ravens for a 2027th round pick. And I'm not too sure. I definitely believe Ty Montgomery was on the market in the first place. And if he wasn't on the market, they may have waived him at the end of the season. But considering uh, the the Packers game that just ended over there in Los Angeles um, with his fumble uh, without taking a knee in the end zone, that could have gave Aaron Rodgers a chance to come back in that game. It was a pretty close game, one of the closer games that the Rams have had all season long against the Packers offense that was already kind of hurt bringing their players back. And, it, and their defense, it hasn't been too bad all season long, other than those calls towards Clay Matthews. Uh, they, they've been pretty solid up to this point. So getting rid of him gives them, a, gives them an extra pick in the seventh round of the 2020 draft. Um, so that's not going to help them as of right now. But they got something out of it. And Ty Montgomery had to leave knowing his last play as a Packer was a fumble that could have gave Aaron Rodgers a chance to win. Um, but in my opinion, a lot of these analysts on ESPN – are saying that they definitely could have won if Aaron Rodgers is back out there. I think they're mostly angry because they could have given him a, given him a chance to win, not that he could have won, but they make it seem like the second Aaron Rodgers would have taken the field, he would have won that game. There's no promises there. So I don't think any of these analysts know that if he had a chance, he probably may or may not have scored. And we all know who Aaron Rodgers is. With, a one, with one minute left, he's pretty good in those situations. That's why he's considered one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But it's not a guaranteed win. And um, they came out with the loss. They kept it close. They were ahead at one point. If they just kept that lead, they could have won. So I wouldn't rely on Aaron Rodgers every single game to have that one-minute drive that's going to win them the game. You want to get them those opportunities because you know what he can do in that time frame. But it's not a guaranteed win. Just saying. But Ty Montgomery, getting him for a pick. You got him for something. You didn't waive him. Um, and that's a pretty good thing there. Uh, we'll go back to wide receiver here. Staying with an offensive standpoint, we have Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas headed from uh, the Broncos going to the Texans for a 2019 fourth round pick and a, sw and a swap of seventh round picks between the Broncos and Texans. Um, Texans are in a need for a wide receiver at the moment. Not sure if this was in lieu because of um, Will Fuller tearing his ACL against the Dolphins. Um, he was having a pretty good season. He definitely spread out the field a lot more. The concern with Demarius Thomas at the moment is that he he isn't the same player as Will Fuller. And he definitely is a good player. He was with the Broncos for a while. He, they had some difficult quarterback situations over there. But coming over to Deshaun Watson on the Texans, who is their established starter, came back off an ACL tear. He's starting to get back in the groove. We'll talk about that in a second against uh, his game against the Dolphins. But anyway, he's a definitely a good ad. But he's not that, you know, get like couple feet of separation off the line and spread the field and you can get the ball to D hop or you can toss it downfield and he'll get it he's going to give you that one he's going to give you that slant he's going to give you that you know out route he's going to give you that comeback 
that's going to get separation and give you the 10 yards. But he's not the same player as Will Fuller. And I'm not sure what their outlook is come when Will Fuller comes back because he's projected to come back right before camp um, next year, which is a good thing. He'll be ready before the season starts, and that way all three receivers that they have on that offense are all set to go. Not sure what their outlook is going to be moving forward, but Demarius Thomas is definitely a good add, and I know for a fact Deshaun Watson's going to use him. He spreads the ball out a lot. And um, if he's not going to trust him as much this first game, which is definitely be weary, especially as a fantasy owner, because uh, D-Hop is this guy. He's coming off a monster game also. So keep an eye out for that. Not a bad ad for the Texans part, um, but also that you got to fit him into the scheme of things. And they got him at a good price. So let's move on here. Uh, Damon Harrison, Damon Snacks Harrison from the Giants is headed to the Lions for a 2019 fifth-round pick. This was depressing for me as a Giants fan. Snacks was the only thing holding up that defense, um, even if it wasn't there that much in the secondary. Damon Harrison was holding it down. Um, I've heard many times, and I've heard this again and again, he's he's that guy that's going to put in the work, but he's not going to get the sacks. But what he does on defense is he does hold two guys. He is that type of player that looks like he's getting pancaked, but he's actually defending the guy off just so that it kind of clogs up the hole and it doesn't let the running back through or anyone through that middle he held that together and so for the lions um after week eight which we'll talk about in a second also i won't touch too much on that lions game because it wasn't on my list of the games of the week but uh snacks definitely held it down over there and at the lions he was projected one of the more top def uh defensive tackles in the league um when uh during that game uh, so, uh, definitely good luck to Snacks over there in Detroit. He did everything he could for the Giants. He's been in New York for a while. He was a New York Jet, New York Giants. Now he's off to Detroit, and he's going to put in work over there. So, definitely a good add by the Lions uh, to get him for a fifth. Definitely could have been worth more. He's definitely worth a lot more than a lot of defensive tackles in the league. Um, but Giants are just trying to get all the picks they can to add defensive players next year. And speaking of Giants players, you got Eli Apple added to the Saints. He already played his one game. Um, he had a pretty high amount of tackles their first game. I believe it was against the Vikings. He did okay, um, but not sure how much of an ad he's going to be over there. He's been kind of rough over here in New York. Maybe a change of scenery will help him out. Um, I'm definitely not too upset about this trade, um, but this, just, the, just the fact that he was a first-round pick the year he was drafted is a little upsetting to me. Um, a lot of the Giants' first-round picks over the years are not even there anymore, considering David Wilson. Uh, their old running back that had to retire early due to concussions. Now Eli Apple adds to that list. He was sent over to the Saints for a 2019 fourth-round pick, a 2027th-round pick. Um, this is a pretty good deal, um, even though uh, I'm not sure if we could have gotten more. He was already having a pretty down season at the time, a fourth-round pick next year, um, and a fifth-rounder with, with snacks gone, and uh, the next year, seventh-round pick, not doing much there. Um, but the fourth-round pick is definitely a good trade-off any two picks for Eli Apple. Already talked about Mari Cooper, and one of the earlier trades um, was Carlos Hyde going for the Browns to the Jags. Um, this pretty much tells you right off the bat that the Leonard Fournette injury is probably not looking too great if they got to add him in. Um, people, people mostly thought, especially in fantasy, that T.Y. Hilton was going to be the guy. And he would get most of those carries, but he's not the same runner as Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette puts his shoulders down and just, you know, and he's a good runner. He has good legs. But the the fact that he has to run like that 
is that he's hurt for most of the time. So bringing in Carlos Hyde, and I believe they waived Jamal, Jamal Charles because they had the opportunity to get Carlos Hyde. Um, that just shows you maybe Leonard Fournette's going to be not going to be back as soon as possible like we thought he would as he's been being teased to come back for a while now. They got that they got him for a fifth round pick over there in the Browns. Browns are loaded on picks this year. And uh this is from earlier which we all know by now. It's a Josh Gordon um and a seventh round pick was sent over to the Patriots for a 2019 fifth round pick. He's a pretty good fit there. Hopefully they can fit him in a lot more. But that's the trade deadline for you. Um, it was projected to be one of the more active uh, trade deadlines um, of the past coming years. But you can never trust that because every year the fantasy, the uh, the trade deadline for the NFL is never too um, out of sorts. I feel like if you watch the NBA, you know their trade de- trade deadline is insane. Um, so you know from the NFL, from the NFL, it's not that amazing. But let's get into Week Eight here. Uh, we got, like I mentioned before, with the Deshaun Watson uh, stats and the Demarius Thomas trade. Let's talk about the Dolphins and Houston Texans. Texans win it 42-23. to Dolphins are now 4-4. Four and four. Texans are 5-3. and three. Um, I believe if that is correct. Uh, I think that was their stat. Yes, so that's their current record as of right now. Let's get into the Texans offense here. Brock uh, Deshaun Watson going off 16 for 20, 239 yards, five touchdowns. Think about that for a second. One in three throws. He's only he only threw 20 times in that game, and by the time he threw 15 times, he already had he already had uh, five touchdowns. So mind you, by the time he had 15 passes. Total. That means every one and three pass was a touchdown. I know that's not saying much. A lot of people are trying to overanalyze it by saying that, you know, the Texans kind of look like a super like a Super Bowl caliber team going into this game. But again, they're versing a completely broken Dolphins defense who has been bad, especially going up into this game. The Texans aren't that great of a team, and they got the better record in that division. And I don't believe that stands true with actually who their identity is right now. With the loss of Will Fuller, that's just going to bring it down more. Um, but anyway, it's a great game by Deshaun Watson. Can't knock him for that. Um, his stats say the most out of that. Take a look at rushing here. Everybody pretty much went off as on every aspect of the, the the offense, whoever was starting. So you got Lamar Miller, 18 carries, 133 yards. Um, he averaged 7.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. And the receiving, Will Fuller was having a pretty good game up to his ACL tear. He had five receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. He's very good at going down through downfield. Early on in the game, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't that wasn't having that great of a game, but after the absence of Will Fuller, um, he had six receptions, 82 yards, contributed to two touchdowns. You have Jordan Thomas, um, who I believe is their tight end, if I'm not mistaken, had four receptions, 29 yards, two touchdowns. Let's move on here. Let me just double check. Yep, he is their tight end. Just wanted to make sure I did not get that one wrong. Uh, and that's pretty much it for their offense. They did very, very well. Um, I definitely think the Texans have a pretty good team right now. And I think in the draft, if they can get some good guys, 
um, on their defense. Um, they already have some pretty good guys on their defense, but they can get banged up every now and then. So if you have that some some sort of security on your defense, that should be good for them. Maybe add another wide receiver in the mix, especially with the addition of Demarius Thomas. But let's take a look at the Dolphins' offense here. You got Brock Osweiler, 21 for 37, 241 yards, and a pick. Um, let's take a look at their rushing um, don't want to spend too much time on Brock Osweiler. Osweiler is kind of a fill-in for Ryan Tannehill. And whatever his stats tell you is what the kind of quarterback Brock Osweiler is. The rushing got Kenyon Drake, 12 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. He's pretty iffy uh, week in and week out, especially with that fumble at the one-yard line. That just goes to show you the kind of running back he is. I know he is, you know, a workhorse back if you need him to be. Um, but when times get tough, that's why they got Frank Gore. Frank Gore, 12 carries, 53 yards. So it's pretty split in that backfield for the most part, unless Kenyon Drake can somehow, some way, go off one game. He has the for sure lock of being that running back one on that offense. Take a look at their receiving here. Got Devontae Parker, six receptions, 134 yards. His stats stay a lot, say a lot, especially with his inactivity. Not inactivity, um, but I should say like lack of being in this offense as much as he should. Um one of the catches resulted in a pass from Brock Osweiler flying out of the hands of a receiver into into Devontae Parker's hands that added to his stats, definitely. But if you look at Devontae Parker's catches, he was making some pretty athletic catches. The guy can move. I thought this guy was going to be dealt in the trade le- trade deadline somehow, some way. But looks like they're hanging on, from, hanging on to him a little more, unless Adam Gase is fired at the end of this year which I'm not sure if he is going to be. Um, he'll definitely stay in Miami, and if not, they're going to deal him for someone else. We'll take a look at Danny Amendola, five receptions, 43 yards, slot guy if they need him. Kenyon Drake, two receptions, 37 yards, a touchdown as well. So he had two touchdowns on the night. Pretty good night by him, especially receiving um, and carrying the ball as well. Can't knock his stats, like I said. Um, Jakeem Grant, four receptions, 36 yards. Mike Kaziki. Four receptions, 14 yards. Not much going on in this game. Again, final score, 42-23 Houston Texans. And that's the that's the first game that kicked off week eight. So let's move on to a more higher scoring game here. Um, we got the Buccaneers and the Bengals. What a game this was. You got the Bengals taking the win, 37-34, with a comeback from the Buccaneers. They were down in this game, but Ryan Fitzmagic was put into this game and completely made an impact with two touchdowns, no interceptions. But take a look at Jameis Winston's stats, which is why he will be benched for week nine. Ryan Fitzmagic is the starter. He threw 18 completions, 35 attempts, 276 yards, one touchdown, but unfortunately threw four picks. And when you throw four picks as a guy you draft first overall, the only thing you could do is go to the guy that you know is going to give you the best opportunity to win, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you got a guy who needs to play for something, um, which is Jameis Winston. He needs to get paid. I think he's still on his rookie contract, if I'm not mistaken. But you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's not playing for much more than that, and he's tossing it downfield. Again, this team's not going to be his in the future. This, it definitely is not. He's the backup for a reason. He's an older guy. I believe he's 35. He's not going to get a giant extension, but he puts him in the best position to win because since he has nothing to play for, this dude just throws it downfield and puts him in a position to win. He's not afraid to do that. He's been in this league for a while. He knows what it takes to win. Um, 
and being that guy um, who knows that if I throw this interception right now, it's not going to kill kill me as a player because I'm going to maintain this position. But um, he took those opportunities. They came out with two touchdowns. Take a look at their backfield here. It's pretty broken um, at the moment. You got Peyton Barber, 19 carries, 80, 85 yards and a touchdown. That backfield's always iffy. It's Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, unfortunately, got hurt. I believe he's doubtful for this week moving forward for week nine. Had a negative yardage of three. And uh, we'll take a look at the receiving here. Let's take a look at Mike Evans. Mike Evans is having a pretty quiet night until Fitzmagic came out. He ended it with six receptions, 179 yards, and a touchdown. You got Adam Humphreys, who did have a touchdown, but it was called back for being down right before scoring. It's a pretty good catch um, if you guys caught that. But he had seven receptions, 76 yards. O.J. Howard, four receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. He's getting more and more involved as that offense goes along, kind of pushing Cameron Bray out of that tight end picture. Got the Sean Jackson, three receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. I thought he was going to get dealt at the trade deadline, um, considering he did ask to be traded. Um, so look for him to be leaving by the end of this year. Yeah, Chris Godwin, two receptions, 32 yards. If you're a fantasy owner, look for him to make an impact next week. He's definitely a favorite for Chris Godwin. He was a more wide receiver, too, uh, for the first couple weeks before Jameis came back. So keep an eye out on him. And that's about it for their offense. But let's take a look at a Bengals offense that definitely killed it. You got Andy Dalton having a pretty good game. 21 completions, 34 attempts, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon um, going off as a guy who just traded for him. You're going to want to love these stats. 21 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns, and average 5.9 yards per carry. Pretty great game by him. They're on a bye this week, so hopefully he comes back, puts on the right amount of numbers. Um, he's expanding that run game a lot um, as a Bengals uh, backfield who had to deal with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Um, now having that secure guy who's going to be that bruiser, um, it should be a pretty good feeling. So hopefully he keeps that up. Shout out Joe Mixon. You got Tyler Boyd uh, putting on another great game. He's having some on and off weeks, but when he does perform good, he does perform good great he had nine receptions 138 yards one touchdown um uh, you got aj green five receptions 76 yards and a touchdown when these two guys to do well depending on the matchup you're gonna have two pretty good games by these two guys regardless um and that's about it going on in their offense everything was pretty much quiet quiet everyone else had one reception except for joe Mixon coming out of the backfield three receptions 15 yards adds on to his fantasy points their defense, again, with four picks coming from Jordan Evans, Sean Williams, uh, Preston Brown, and Jesse Bates. Um, yeah, so their defense had a pretty good game as well, but that mostly came from Jameis having a pretty off night. So that's about it from those guys. Um, the outlook going on moving forward is if Fitzmagic can put on a show like he did the first couple weeks before Jameis got back, um, I believe he will. Um you know, again, again, he doesn't have much to play for. This dude is just going to chuck it downfield, get some touchdowns, put you in a position to win. This is definitely a learning learning experience for Jameis. Not sure what this means for his future moving forward. He is a young guy, but he has gotten into trouble um, off of the field. Um, so that definitely doesn't help his case here. If he didn't get into trouble off field, um, they would definitely develop him a lot more and just put Fitzmagic in there like they're doing right now. So if this was coming, at least they got a guy in there that could put him in the best position to win. 
Um, and hopefully Jameis can get it together. I'm not the biggest Jameis fan, but as a number one pick, um, you don't want to see a bust happen there. You want to see a guy who can perform and a guy who coming out of college is pretty spectacular at what he did. Um, but if he, when he has good games, he shines. When he has bad games, it's just a big downfall, and this, uh, this sparks this conversation. So hopefully that could be worked out. But at the moment, Ryan Fitzmagic is going to hold the helm of starting quarterback. Let's move on here to the Steelers and the Browns. Speaking of the Browns, exactly what I wanted to get into here. Uh, with the news coming up about their coaching positions, you got Hugh Jackson getting fired, losing his head coaching job. You got Todd Haley losing his offensive coordinator job. Um, those guys butted, butted heads just a little bit, especially after watching Hard Knocks. Have you guys watched that? Um, especially when they're in that coach's room. Hugh Jackson was trying to hold it down in there. Todd Haley was trying to just get the offense together as well. Um, so you definitely saw a little bit of headbutting there. Um, but at the end of the day, both jobs were lost. Filling in their positions at the offensive coordinator, you got Fred Kitchens uh, moving in there. And then you got Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, being their interim head coach at the moment. Um, if you guys don't know who he is or don't remember who he is, he was responsible for the bounty gate over there in New Orleans the year Sean Payton was suspended one year. Um, that's what he's most known for. The other thing he's known for is lozenges. Um, if you guys watch Hard Knocks, you know what I'm talking about. And the last thing he's known for is just being that defensive coordinator that yells all the time. And there's news going around that apparently he said he had 11 coaching jobs and a couple of them he didn't even have to interview for and could just sign the contract. A lot of people don't believe that. Um... But, uh, you know, that's just the, that's the coach that's coming up for the Browns at the moment. And if you guys haven't seen um, the, the Baker Mayfield interview um, coming out, um, interviewers were asking him how does he feel about losing both his coordinator and has a head coach, especially as a rookie quarterback. That's not the best thing you want to see. Um, but he is more than willing to bring on any challenge that comes his way. And if you ask me, that's a quarterback I want to have on my team especially when your quarterback's Eli Manning, but we won't get into that right now. Baker Mayfield is their future, and that's the only thing that's secure for them right now. Hopefully they find a pretty good coach that could fit the scheme of things. Um, it could change the culture over there um, in Cleveland. But let's get into the Steelers game. Steelers took the win 33-18. Uh, the Browns move on to 2-5-1, two to and the Steelers 4 two and one they look like to be finding their footing a little more uh, but let's take a look at ben roethlisberger's stats here 24 completions 36 attempts 257 yards two touchdowns and an interception not too bad of a game by him but let's take a look at the rushing game here which was the pretty much the light of this offense um is james connor and whenever this guy's going up against the browns um he absolutely shows out he had 24 carries 146 yards two touchdowns 6.1 yards per carry um, that's a pretty great game uh, by a rookie coming in filling in the shoes the pretty big shoes of Le'Veon Bell who still has not shown up to camp especially this week looks to me he's waiting to sign his tender um, a little later I thought he was going to come back this week especially after the trade deadline because he was looking to not be traded he's trying to play chess with uh, Pittsburgh right now um, hope to see him back on that field soon and the current argument I've been hearing I've been listening to a lot of podcasts especially the veterans minimum podcast shout out to those guys those guys are fantastic um, they pretty much talked about how if you're if right now um, 
you know, you got a guy like Ben Roethlisberger who says in his interviews that I only want to talk about the guys who are here. I don't want to hear any questions about Le'Veon Bell. James Conner has been doing great, and we love using him. Um, when Le'Veon Bell comes back, and I know this is a crazy question because we haven't seen him play in over 10 weeks, um, or 9 weeks, I should say, because nine, uh, week 9 starts in about a half hour. Uh, but anyway, you got James Conner who's putting on a show. He's getting in the groove of this offense. You're taking a guy who is putting you in the best position to win, and then you bring Le'Veon Bell back and you kind of kick this kid out. What do you do in this scenario? A lot of people's simple answer is split up that backfield. I'm not sure if that's the correct thing to do. you got to pick one or the other. And you got a guy like Mike Tomlin who tends to make some weird decisions. I'm not sure if that decision is going to be put Le'Veon back in. But like I, like I said, when I was listening to Veterans Minimum, those guys were saying how Mike Tomlin isn't one to swallow his pride. If he's going with one guy that he likes, he's going to stick to him until the wheels fall off. So um, to me, I feel like James Conner is going to continue to start. Um, I feel like it's going to be a statement to leave Le'Veon Bell on the side sidelines after he signs his tender. He already lost out on a couple million dollars already that not even any running back in the league at the moment is making. Um, so I'm all about Le'Veon Bell going and getting his money. But at the same time, as a team that wants to be in the position to go to the Super Bowl, they make it close every single year. They're one round away from making it, losing to the Jaguars last year in the AFC matchup. But, um, you know... Um, I definitely don't think Mike Tomlin is just going to jump to Le'Veon Bell and hope that he's going to put them in the best position to win, especially early. Um, we've seen what Le'Veon Bell has done, especially through his suspensions the past couple of years. Coming back, he's a little rusty, but he ends up getting in the groove of that offense. And again, yeah, he's never held out this long so far, so we'll see what happens when they get back. But as of right now, James Conner is putting him in the best position to win um, and having a great game at it as well. you got A.B., um, six receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. James Conner getting involved in the receiving game as well. Five receptions, 66 yards as well. Vance McDonald, three receptions, 47 yards. If you give this guy the opportunity a lot more, um, he's going to be one of your better tight ends, um, especially a tight end spot that they haven't been able to fill since Heath Miller um, left years ago. So hopefully Vance McDonald can um, give him that production. You got Juju having a quiet game, which isn't that normal. So if you're a Juju Smith owner, Knowing that he had four receptions, 33 yards, not a touchdown this game. Um, just be patient with him. He'll get you right back on track. Um, and that's about it going on in the offense here. And um, on their defense, you got Joe Hayden balling out a little bit this year. As an older vet, um, he had one reception and three tackles. Pretty good game on his part. And you got TJ Watt, five tackles, um, five. Two of them were assisted and one sack so they're holding it down over there in their defensive the defensive side and they're 100 percent holding it down on that offensive side so they should be able to turn it up moving forward i think they're going to go in a little bit of a win streak if i'm not mistaken um if anything pops up uh, to prove me wrong we'll see but as of right now that is that is my thoughts on the pittsburgh steelers but let's take a look at uh, the Baker Mayfield stats here. He had 22 completions, 36 attempts, 128, uh, 180 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns and a pick. You got Nick Chubb putting on a pretty decent game, 18 carries, 65 yards. He's going to continue to get this volume, especially, excuse me, trading away Carlos Hyde. And then let's take a look at their passing receiving core here. You got Jarvis Landry, eight receptions, 39 yards. 
Um, Antonio Callaway reaching the end zone, five receptions, 36 yards. Hopefully he'll get in there a lot more. Um, he's been kind of iffy the past couple of weeks, but Baker Mayfield likes him. They're both rookies. Hopefully he can get some work done. And you got self Seth DeValve, their tight end, two receptions, 28 yards, and a touchdown. That's that's pretty unfortunate as a David Njoku owner since he was not even targeted in that matchup. And he's been putting, putting up pretty good receiving numbers um, at the tight end position the past couple of games. That's tough to hear. But if you're a fantasy owner, I definitely stick by him a little bit. He's one of the better tight ends, especially in a tight end position that is pretty low on star receivers. I mean, star tight ends at the moment. He's your best bet. So he doesn't show up here on the stat sheet. Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson got hurt a little bit earlier in the game, but he had two receptions and 16 yards. We'll move forward here. Um, let's take a look at their the next big game here. Well, I'm kind of taking a look at it at the fly. We'll take a look at the Chiefs and Broncos. Love talking about the Chiefs because of the one man that everyone's talking about, MVP candidate Patrick Mahomes. 24 completions, 34 attempts, 303 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, and that pick wasn't even a bad pick. He had the four touchdowns before that. Can't blame the kid for that. Pretty good game by him. And you got Kareem Hunt putting up some numbers, 16 carries, 50 yards. Uh, Sammy Watkins showing out eight receptions, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey also reaching the end zone, six receptions, 79 yards. Tyreek Hill, even with a little bit of the work, he did have some good numbers, three receptions, 70 yards. Kareem Hunt reaching the end zone, five carries, uh, no, five receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. And I believe that one touchdown was barreling through the De- uh, Denver's uh, defenders reaching the end zone, hurtling. Like he usually does, Kareem Hunt is the man. Um, Look for him to turn up moving forward. Um, He is one of the better running backs in the league, and we saw that last year. And we'll take a look at the Broncos side here. They definitely kept in a good game here. They move on to 3-5, Chiefs 7-1 going into Week 9. Case Keenum, two touchdowns, one interception on 23 for 34, 262 yards. Phillip Lindsay is showing that he, as an undrafted guy, has something to prove. 18 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. And you got Devontae Booker getting involved a little bit. Nine nine carries, 79, 78 yards with the absence of, um, what's his name? Oh, Royce Freeman. Um, he's getting a bit of the work that Royce Freeman would have got if he was active for this game. You got Cortland Sutton with the little amount of work he has now. Like I said, Demarius Thomas is now gone from Denver. He should get a bit more. I think uh, Demarius Thomas was averaging around six receptions. Um, and now you got Cortland Sutton who had three receptions this game with 78 yards. Add that up. He should have a couple hundred yards. And now he'll probably be a red zone threat moving forward. You got Emmanuel Sanders, four receptions, 57 yards. And that's one of, that's one of their more number one guys on Denver. Um, so Cortland Sutton, expect him to be a fantasy player um, to pick up moving forward. And Demarius Thomas, right before getting traded, had three receptions for 30 yards. You got Tim Patrick, one reception, 24 yards, reaching the end zone. And Jeff Hewerman, one reception, four yards, and a touchdown. Pretty weird combo there, considering that three of their better receivers and and just wide receivers in general did not receive a touchdown pass. That just goes to show you what kind of offense this is. Pretty de- pretty weird, but uh, they definitely did stay in the game against a pretty good Chiefs team. Anyway, moving forward, 
um, we got here. Uh, we'll t- let's talk uh, Packers Rams a little bit. Definitely want to talk about this here again. Like I said, it was a pretty solid game by the Packers, and uh, we got Aaron Rodgers here going 18 for 30, 286 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones showing he's that number one back, um, including. The loss of Ty Montgomery going to the Ravens, as mentioned before, he's going to get a lot more bulk of the work, even though Ty Montgomery wasn't really involved in that rushing game anyway. Um, expect him to get much more. He had 12 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, four carries, nine yards. He also reached the end zone. He hasn't had a touchdown since last season. Uh, good on him, but Aaron Jones is looking like he's going to break out and be that number one back moving forward. Again, two young guys that can always battle it out or split that backfield up. Got Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams type things. Five receptions, 133 yards. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, he's looking pretty good over the past couple weeks. Two receptions, 45 yards, reaching the end zone. Randall Cobb, four receptions, 40 yards. Um, uh, you got Jimmy Graham, one reception, 21 yards. He had a, he had a touchdown called back, um, which sealed the deal to get, I believe it was either Aaron Jones or... Jamal Williams, I think it was Jamal Williams who ended up reaching the end zone. And then you got Jamarano Allison still being, um, uh, getting used to the offense after coming back after the concussion protocol. One reception, 14 yards, and uh, that's about it going on for the Packers. They had a pretty good game. Um, Again, with that mistake from Ty Montgomery, didn't give Aaron Rodgers a chance to come out and put a score up on the board. Like I said, it's not guaranteed, but, you know, giving your quarterback a chance can help out in the long run. Um, let's take a look at the Rams here. Oh, uh, you got Jared Goff going 19 for 35, 295 yards, three touchdowns. He is showing out week in and week out um, if they need him to do so, because also you have weeks where he isn't doing much of anything. But that's what happens when you have a guy like Todd Gurley in the backfield. Uh, 25 carries, 114 yards. Pretty great game, but pretty great game by him. Uh, Brandon Cooks rushed for two. Rushed two times for nine yards. Um, and then Todd Gurley getting involved a lot in the passing game as well. This guy can just do right about anything on this uh, on this offense. Uh, six receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Cook, seven, three receptions, 74 yards. Uh, Robert Woods, five receptions, 70 yards, filling in that role for um, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, spraying MCL. Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. He was definitely a big part of this offense a little bit. I'm not sure if the outcome of the scoreboard was because they weren't able to use him as much. He's a pretty good weapon, uh, still getting, you know, accumulated on the team. I feel like he's built himself up to be that number one, number two guy. Besides, you know, they're trying to get Brandon Cooks the ball. They signed him to a big extension. So, you know, Cooper Cup is definitely like a change of pace guy. I I don't want to say he's change of pace, but at the same time he is because when you get him the ball and he somehow somehow is – pretty open he's a big dude so you know he's definitely a big part of this offense could spread out more but in the meantime you also got josh reynolds getting involved three receptions 42 yards two touchdowns pretty good game by him kind of like a game script type thing with him coming in but expect more work from robert woods and brandon cooks moving forward and that's about it going on in their offense um definitely a pretty close game one of the closer calls but you got the packers moving three three and one and the and the Rams still undefeated eight and oh let's take a look at the uh, last game here I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken maybe I'll cover one more game we'll see uh, but you got the uh, Saints Vikings uh, final score Saints 30 Vikings. 
20. Vikings struggling a little bit. Hopefully they can get back on track. They're too much of a talented team to be 4-3-1. If anything, that one tie should have been more of a win if they had Dan Bailey much earlier. But, you know, things happen, I guess, throughout the season. But you got Drew Brees. Let's take a look at the stats here for the Saints. 18 completions, 23 yards. Um... Oh, 18 completions, 23 attempts. It doesn't say any yards here, unfortunately. Not sure why. Maybe I could refresh it. Yeah, no, no yards showing up here. Not sure why. Uh, but you got one touchdown, one interception. You got Taysom Hill getting involved. He had the one completion of 44 yards to Michael Thomas. From what I saw, his the ball hit the ground, but they never challenged it. Um, but, you know, it counts, it counts. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill can do pretty much of any, anything. Um, like I heard earlier this week, someone said... He was literally the human flex in fantasy, and nothing could be more perfect than that statement right there. You got Mark Ingram, 13, 13 carries, 63 yards. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty even split there, except Alvin Kamara reached the end zone. Uh, got Michael Thomas, five receptions, 81 yards. Pretty solid game. Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Also reaching the end zone in the receiving game. Seven receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Mark Ingram, three receptions, 29 yards. Traquan Smith, three receptions, eight yards. Expect him to get more involved in this offense as time goes by. Um, you can definitely tell that Drew Brees is getting more and more comfortable with him. Got Taysom Hill, one reception for five yards. And their defense was okay. Uh, Eli Apple, who, like I mentioned before, was leading uh, the team in tackles. He had nine tackles. Demario Davis, five tackles, one assisted tackle. Marcus Williams, five tackles um and i believe yeah marshall Lattimore, two tackles one assisted cameron jordan three tackles and davenport two tackles speaking of davenport he will be out for about a month or so with a toe injury um, that's a big loss by them for their first round pick but hopefully he'll be back soon uh, to help that defense out a bit because the saints right now are six and one heading into week nine um, so he's definitely a big help. Um, they definitely need help, need help on that defense the way they started out through the season. They want to keep that caliber defense that they had last year. Hopefully they can pick it up. They got a lot of Ohio State players on that defense. Hopefully they can put it together, build that chemistry a little bit. You got Kirk Cousins. Let's take a look at the Vikings stats here. 31 completions, 41 attempts, 359 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, the pick definitely didn't help them. Um, in any way, kind of put the Saints back up on the board. I believe it was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you got Latavius Murray putting in some work. He, um, he's definitely he's definitely a good feeling um, for um, Dalvin Cook as he's out at the moment. Um, 13 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Adam Thielen, one rush, 15 yards. Let's take a look at the receiving game here. Adam Thielen putting in some more work. This is his eighth game straight with 100 yards, um, looking to break the record in week nine, passing Calvin Johnson um, to get nine games in a row with 100 yards receiving. And his next game, I'm not sure who they're versing next because I did not look, my mistake. But it looks to me that that defense is going to let up and give him that 100 yards. Um, unfortunately, the way the, the way the the way Adam Thielen is as a player, he was sticking the whole time. Fortunately, that fumble happened. It kind of flipped the game around and kind of get like, you know, that didn't seal the loss, but definitely changed momentum a bit. You could tell throughout the whole game he was pissed about that more than anything. Wasn't worried about the 100 yards. He just wants to put his team in the best position to win. Uh, anyways, Adam Thielen, um, like I mentioned before, is the first player coming out of the gate 
um, during a season to get 100 yards or more in eight straight games. He he tied um, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, um, who had eight games um, with 100 yards, but not consecutively. So this guy needs to be more taken taken more seriously as a number one wide receiver in the league. Um, put him in the same category as A.B. Odell. Um, he can do all. He can do everything, and he can just get open, and that's all you need in a receiver. And that's and Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins definitely relies on him a lot. But he also got Stephon Diggs. So if it's one person's gonna have a like a productive game, these two guys are gonna do it. They're basically both wide receiver ones. No one's really a number two between these guys. He got ten receptions, hundred nineteen yards, and a touchdown. Both guys reaching the end zone. A lot of pro- productivity by those guys. They've been doing it all year. He got Lat Murray five receptions, thirty nine yards. Kyle Rudolph four receptions, thirty nine yards. Hopefully they can get him more involved. I understand a lot of people in tight end. with tight ends in fantasy. It's pretty tough. I'm a Kyle Rudolph owner. I was hoping uh, he would be more of a red zone threat. He did reach the end zone, but he stepped out of bounds. It came back in, so there was a flag there, and they called it back. Um, we got Laquan Treadwell. Not much to say here. He hasn't been doing well that pretty much this whole season. A lot of people on the Vikings do not like him. A lot of people who are Vikings fans do not like him. Um, three receptions, 25 yards. Aldrick Robinson, one reception, 19 yards. Uh, defense, Trey Wayne, six tackles, one assisted tackle. Linval Joseph, um, four tackles, two assisted tackles. Um, no bar in this game. You got, um, what's his name? Everson Griffin coming back, had one tackle. He'll get more involved. You got Iloka in there, one tackle. Sheldon Richardson, one tackle, four assisted tackles. Eric Hendricks, two tackles, five assisted tackles. And then Harrison Smith three tackles pretty good game on both sides um the vikings kind of let up after the fumble and the interception changed the pace a little bit they should be able to get back on track saints are just a high-powered offense they didn't put up as much as big numbers as they would other games but um their defense stepped up and also their offense um can hold themselves up if they need to let's take a look at another game here what I wanted to cover was the first game of the week was the Eagles and the Jaguars. They were in London, 9:30 game. Eagles came out with a victory, 24 to 18. Eagles moved to four and four in the middle of that division, and then the Jags, three and five. I just received word that Landry Jones was signed to the Jaguars, so who knows if he'll start eventually? But um, he's unfortunately he's one of the better players that will be on that roster, um, considering the talent in Cody Kessler and Blake Bortles at this very moment. Um, he's not the worst option to go to, and I can't believe I just said that because it's Landry Jones, but who knows, change of scenery could change um, the way he plays. But we'll take a look at the Eagles' offense here. Carson Wentz, 21 completions, 30 attempts, 286 yards, 3 touchdowns, and a pick. Not a bad game by Carson Wentz at all. Um, hopefully he can get back in shape, and he could probably get four four touchdowns in a single game. Um, but, you know, hopefully his knee's doing all right. Let's take a look at their rushing here. You got Josh Adams um, coming out of nowhere. Nine carries, 61 yards. Carson Wentz using his feet a little bit. Six carries, 28 yards. Wendell Smallwood, eight carries, 24 yards. Weird ground game this game. You got because Clory Kement wasn't involved that much. Four carries, six yards. You got Jordan Matthews, four receptions, 93 yards. He's starting to get familiar with that offense again. Um, he was previously on the team before. And now coming back, Carson Wentz starting to get used to him again a little bit. And Nelson Aguilar, three receptions, 49 yards. Wendell Smallwood, two receptions, 42 yards, reaching the end zone on one of those receptions. Alshon Jeffrey, four receptions, 35 yards, going up against Jalen Ramsey. Wasn't the best game by him, but expect for fantasy owners to see more coming through from him. But we'll see when gold, with the addition of Golden Tate how this will end up. 
Um, you got da- Dallas Goddard with the one reception, but reaching the end zone for 32 yards. Then Zach Ertz, um, four receptions, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Um, very touchdown-dependent tight ends. Zach Ertz just puts up numbers week in and week out. T- tight end one each and every week, um, especially, like I said, with the small tight end usage. Um, that like, A lot of tight ends don't do that well. So Zach Ertz, if you're not starting him, um, which I believe everyone should, just do it. And then Dallas Goddard should move up in your rankings in tight ends, considering the number of spots. But again, it was one run reception, if you want, volume. I suggest looking at Derek, um, excuse me, Jared Cook or uh, David Njoku if he's in uh, your waiver wire as he was in mine. Uh, moving forward, and then you got Carson Wentz throwing a reception. Um, to himself, I believe that was the play. It was for four yards. It was deflected. He caught it. But yeah, we'll take a look at the Jaguars offense here and see what's been going on. You got Blake Bortles not throwing a pick, but only throwing one touchdown on 24 completions, 41 attempts, um, for 286 yards. Also used his feet a little bit, eight carries, 43 yards. Um, Carlos Hyde, uh, first game on the team after being traded from the Browns, six carries, 11 yards uh dd westbrook also rushed once for nine yards tj yeldon pretty quiet this game two receptions seven yards but he did get involved in the passing game as he does when leonard fournette is there um uh, seven receptions 83 yards dante Moncrief four receptions 54 yards dj chark four receptions 41 yards he's getting better and better as weeks go by dd westbrook two receptions 31 yards reaching the end zone and keelan cole two receptions 18 yards and that's about it going on there. Jags are just struggling with their quarterback. Their offense isn't keeping up. And they're, and since their offense isn't keeping up, so isn't their defense. And that's a talented defense. Um, but like I said, they got rid of Dante Fowler to the Rams. So that should hurt them a little bit more. But we'll keep you updated on how the Jaguars do moving forward. Let's see if I want to cover one other game. Uh, yeah, let's go over Ravens-Panthers really quick. I'm going to go over the Panthers really quick. Uh, so they took the win here, 36-21. to 21. Uh, Baltimore goes down to 4-4. Four and four. Panthers 5-2. and two. They're more than likely going to win that division, um, uh, especially with the weakness of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the defense down on the Falcons. Um, but he also got the Saints involved there. Um, I almost forgot about them, but, you know, I definitely think um, – they can make some noise moving forward. Cam Newton, 21 completions, 29 attempts, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he's just an animal, and he also uses his feet, reaching the end zone, 10 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. I traded for Cam Newton midseason, and I have not looked back. Um, you got Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. They got to unleash him, definitely give them the ball a lot more. But if you got Cam Newton using his legs, he's also a bigger guy. Um, why not use it a lot more? Um, just unleash him as well. Unleash both of them. Um, I think both of them can make some noise. Um, you got DJ Moore, five receptions, 90 yards. He's coming along. Um, his rookie season, Greg Olson, four receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He's starting to look okay after that foot injury earlier in the, the NFL season. Curtis Samuel, three receptions, 28 yards. Devin Funches, three receptions, 27 yards. And then Christian McCaffrey reaching the end zone on four receptions, 11 yards. And uh, let's take a look at the Ravens' offensive stat line here. Uh, you got Joe Flacco, 
22 completions, 39 attempts, 192 yards, touchdown, and two picks. Not so great by him. And um, each and every week, they at least use Lamar Jackson a few times to reach the end zone. But he gets a touchdown this game. Uh, four completions, five attempts, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, congrats, Lamar Jackson. He's definitely going to make some noise as soon as Joe Flacco is out of Baltimore. But in the meantime, Joe Flacco is that guy. And that's the production getting from him. He's having a pretty good season regardless. Maybe it's because um, you got that new guy coming in. You kind of got to keep up with it. And Lamar Jackson is extremely talented. And now you got someone pushing Joe Flacco that he's never had before. You got Alex Collins here in the rushing game. 11 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson rushing a little bit when they need him on short yard completions. Four, uh, three carries, 26 yards. Uh, Joe Flacco using his feet for two carries, 14 yards. Um, we got Willie Sneed. Getting a lot, a lot more involved in this offense. So in PPR leagues, be wary if Joe, Fla if uh, Willie Sneed is not involved in uh, your offense in any way, and you need someone on your team, Willie Sneed is not a bad pickup, unless he's already taken. Again, five receptions, 54 yards. Uh, Crabtree, three receptions, 31 yards. Um, tight end Hayden Hurts reached the end zone, two receptions, 29 yards, um, and a touchdown. John Brown having a quiet game. Normally he's been stretching the field and making some big plays, but he had three receptions. 28 yards, uh, Buck Allen, three receptions, one, uh, I mean, 18 yards and also reaching the end zone. Pretty good. I'm just, again, pretty dominant game by the, the Panthers they had a dominant second quarter right before the half, kind of quiet after that. Um, but again, the Ravens were quiet pretty much all game long. They did not score once in the second quarter. So that's going to conclude the best games of week eight. Tonight, we have the Oakland Raiders going against San Francisco 49ers. Um, just received word Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback and CJ Beathard is going to be the backup quarterback. Should be interesting to watch um, going against the broken Raiders defense and offense. We'll see how that happens going against a third string uh, quarterback. Again, that's going to kick off week nine. We'll see you guys next week and that's when we're going to cover the best games of week nine. So we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Goodbye.